Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome in to one of our now infamous and famous theme shows. And that's college football 2023 in the state of Florida. It's going to be very interesting to see uh, if some of these great programs can bounce back from some subpar years, if Florida State can take that next step into serious contention for the ACC and some even believe the national championship uh, year two in uh, Florida. Uh, for that coaching staff, will they be able to take a jump? Probably not, given their uh, schedule. Uh, UCF is starting in the Big 12. USF has a new head coach. We'll talk to Luke Easterling. He had a, a three-part series in Athlon Sports um, with a sit-down with Alex Golish, the new head coach at USF. So we'll get into all of it here. We might even mention Miami, but I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Why do we have to? Yeah. Uh, I still think they're in a little bit of a, a rebuild mode, but – don't ask them that because they win the offseason each and every year. So we shall see. Uh, Mario Cristobal uh, in his uh, second season, what will happen down in Miami. Recruiting has gone pretty well, but the on-field results have not. Uh, so we will start by bringing in our college football analyst, one of the best in the business, the great Corey Long, who joins us here and also covers the Bolts and did rightfully predict on this show that Ross Colton would be moved. What's up, Corey? How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, I just got, I just got a refrigerator delivered to me, which is very exciting because yes. I hated my old refrigerator. So yes, that's a big you day. Know. You get, you get, it's, you get nice the old ice and water in the door. Of course. Oh yeah, I got, yes. I got, I got French doors. Got everything. Oh, so nice. I just, I didn't need it to connect to Wi-Fi. I don't need my fridge knowing where no. I am. You know, I like to, <laughs> I, I like to keep our relationship strictly, you know, food based. So you and Keenan Thompson aren't doing the uh, talk to the the appliance thing? Okay. No, good, good not at all. I don't need to be my refrigerator all. knowing where I am. That's so true. Just make ice. Exactly. Keep shit cold. That's all we need here. We don't need exactly. more Exactly. Keep it cold. Freeze yeah. what I need you to freeze, and we're good. <laughs> Technology could be a bitch. Um, oh, tell me about so, it. So you, you've been following uh, these programs in the state of Florida for quite some time, so I wanted to kind of get oh, yeah. your thoughts on all of them where they are right now. Um, and we'll start at the top with clearly the best team in the state, and that would be my Florida State Seminoles uh, coming off a 10-win season and bringing – I think Mike Norvell has done a, just a ridiculous job in bringing guys back like Jared Verse, who would have been a top-10 pick. I mean, they're, they're, I guess they're paying their players better than they would pay them in the first year of the NFL or something. I don't know, but um, well, they're getting it yeah, done. Yeah, I mean, you know, the battle, their battles in – I think it's called the Battles Inn yeah. group, really deserves a lot of that credit for raising that money. I mean, those guys were not cheap to bring back at all. I mean, you're talking anywhere from Jordan Travis to, uh, you know, Fabian Lovett to Jared Verse. This was an, this was an expensive offseason for them to keep guys around. But You got any um, idea you know, how much? Do you have any idea what? Because the NIL numbers are all over the board. Nobody really knows. Do you have any idea how much these guys are getting? I, I've I can heard, only tell you. I can only tell you that I heard that Jared Verse was they 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 had to, they had to they had to back up the truck for him. It wasn't a it wasn't very simply a two hundred fifty thousand dollar deal. It was a couple million. large scale of money. It was not 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 necessarily Caleb Williams type of money, but it was it was enough to make to make him very happy. Okay, and that, you know what? Yeah. I think that's good for college football. To be quiet. I agree. I agree. I I have no problems with these guys. Uh, in a world where the doggone where the doggone assistant, you know, or an assistant to a, a regular staff coach is making over two hundred and fifty, three hundred grand, yeah. I have no problem with the guys actually doing the work on right. the field, making money. Right. You know. Oh, but they get a free if, education, Corey Long. They get a yeah, free education. Well, I mean, if this is if this is, I mean, Jared Verse. I mean, I think in the recent ESPN mock draft, he was fifth. Yeah. So we'll just say we'll be conservative and say, all right, he's the first half of the first round pick. Well, he's still walking into what a four a four or five year deal worth, you know, several million dollars. Yeah. So you, if you're gonna you have to pay him near that value to get him to stay, thirty million dollars. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. that's that's what they're worth. And by the way, they charge prices for tickets at Florida State, and they get TV money yeah. as well, just like the pros do. So maybe these players Absolutely. do deserve a little bit of money. Yeah, maybe. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. But when you look at this yeah. team as a whole, with, with um, uh, obviously with Jordan Travis coming back at quarterback, uh, he can run. He's become a tremendous thrower of the football. And, but th- the key to this FSU team is their running game. They averaged over 200 yards per – went over 200 yards a game rushing in their last seven. And even though um, they they lost um, Treshawn Ward, Trey Benson comes back. Uh, Toafili is back. They got the young uh, the re- freshman who's maybe the best of the bunch. And an offensive line that is just as good as they've had there since probably their national championship year. So it's a running offense, and that's what Mike Norvell does. But it also has Johnny Wilson um, and the um, uh, the, the transfer, uh, Waukee, uh, Jaheim Bell from South Carolina, and the transfer mm. from Michigan Keon State. Coleman, Coleman from Michigan yeah. State. Yeah, I mean, this, they, are, they are freaking loaded, bro. It's a, it's a, it's as good an offense as you're going to see in the country with the way that they can balance it with the ability for different guys to get big plays. And you've got a quarterback that you know if he can avoid, you know if he can avoid the big losses, he can he can kill you in the running game as well. Um, you know they've you know they, they they've done a really good job early in the, you know early in this transfer portal era. I can't think of a team who's done a better job. Maybe USC, but. You know, you have to think, you know, the transfer portal, the economics of the transfer portal are going to change, you know, significantly. So for them to be out front and do what what they've done while they were trying to kind of figure out how they were going to attack high school recruiting, you know, it was a very smart play for them and it's work. You know, it was a, a gambit that's worked quite well for them. What do you think about the uh, FSU defense, though? They got Verse back. They got Lovett back, like you mentioned. They're going to have some young players in the secondary. They lost some key safeties. Um, but I think their linebacking um, is going to be so much better as well. They get Tatum Bethune back and Kalen Deloach. Um, what are your thoughts on the defense? My, my concerns with the defense is that there's just certain things they just still don't do well. They don't defend bunch sets well. There was a Big story in those 24-7. They were 104th in yards allowed when teams line up in bunch sets, which, you know, every team's got three wide receiver bunch sets. Now that's a, you know, there's a litany of reasons why, why that's happening. But the, I guess my biggest concern is how do they, they still don't have a another baby and love it in the wings because when love it wasn't out there last year, they just, they just struggled against the run they game. Teams safe. could just run on them yeah. at will, and uh, you know, and and you know, he's a he's a he's a he's a very good player. I don't want to make people think I don't think Fabian Love is a he's a solid player. He's a solid guy. You shouldn't be that reliant on one guy like that isn't that isn't Lawrence Taylor basically. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, exactly. You yeah. know, and that, that's my one issue is that they're going to have to show that they can actually get after it on run defense because. Every, you know, teams run the ball a lot in college football. It's not like the NFL where it's a, you know, where the where the running game is coming. You know, teams run a lot in college football. They run with the quarterback. They run with multiple sets. They like to, they, they you know, they, the big, the running game is a big part of, you know, is, is a big play offense in college football. So, you know, are they are they a ten win team? Absolutely. Here's the question: Are they a twelve win team though? That's the hardest jump is from ten to twelve. Right. That's where the difficulty comes in. That means you've got to get on the road and beat Clemson. I thought Clemson was a much more beatable team last year oh, than yes. I do this year. Oh yes. You know, but you know, because they've you know, Dabo realized that, you know, just just promoting within wasn't gonna work. He realized he needed some new coaches. They brought back in Jeff Scott, who fits what they do. You know, yeah. we joke about Jeff Scott. Obviously he was a disaster at USF, but you know, he has a certain role at Clemson that is get talent, which he does very well for them. You know, so, you know, I'm not sure exactly what the, uh, what the, what the potion is over there, but it works for them. So, yeah, they, Clemson's going to be much tougher this year than they were last year. Last year I thought they were very beatable and FSU just had a terrible, I think 10 minute stretch, you know, last five minutes of the first half, first five minutes of the second half where they, they gave up, I think 21 points or something close to that. And they lost that game. So, you know, but the schedule after after September, the schedule is quite easy. The schedule is very friendly. Yeah, you can't complain. I mean, they like even even if they stumbled against LSU or Clemson, there's no reason they should not win their final eight games unless 
you know, unless Florida is better than we think, or, you know, they're better in the running game than we think, or Graham Mertz is a little better than we think, uh, you know, I think Miami's a team you're going to talk about next year. I think they'll be better this year. They're certainly going to be better in the things that Mario wants them to do, which is be physical up front mm-hmm. and run the football. You know, they've got, they did, they, they're, they're the two, one of the freshman uh, tackles they recruit is going to start. I mean, both of them look like a million bucks, but they did a good job in the portal and just getting bigger up front, getting and, re, and retooling that line. That's the one thing that, you know, he's not going to deal. He's not going to deal with having an underperforming line very long. No. So, And I want to kind of get your thoughts, too, because we talked about Florida State, and I think they're going to be a player for the playoff, hopefully. Um, but some of these other teams, that, and I know preseason polls are usually meaningless, and it always looks different at the end. But I'm curious to get your take on some of these teams that are being, you know, ranked pretty high right now in a lot of these polls. And, like, like, do you are you a believer in the Tennessee era with Joe Milton? Are you buying that Texas is finally going to figure it out this year as we continue to rank them high? Which of these teams up front do you think is – is being maybe a little bit overvalued or maybe undervalued so far? I I buy Tennessee to an extent. I certainly think they're a very good team. I think Josh Heupel has, you know, his, his ability to play call and the offense that he brings in is something that they needed for a very long time. They just needed to be more explosive on offense. Obviously, again, their concern is going to be, you know, have they improved enough on defense to stop teams? I mean, they gave up, what, 70 to South Carolina? You know, they gave up, you know, even though they beat Alabama, I think they gave up a 49 in that game or something. So, you know, the, the, the idea is that they have to be able to give up less points. You know, Florida also gashed them for about 600 yards in that game. It's just, you know, they have to be able to stop teams a little bit better, have to play a little bit better defense to, again, Jump from a jump from a ten win team to a twelve win team. It's just it's so hard to do. Uh, a team like Texas, I, I'm a believer in Quinn Ewers. If he can stay healthy, I think he's a heck of a quarterback. I think they beat Alabama last year if Dallas Turner doesn't absolutely knock him out on a uh, on a on a rough in the passer play because they weren't gonna they they were they were just they they had no answers for what he does. So you know an off season. Um, it's still his team. It's not going to be Arch's team this year. So, I, you know, are, are they a team that I think can compete for a top 15 finish? Sure. I think the schedule is, you know, outside of the Bama game or in the Oklahoma game, I think the schedule is pretty winnable. I think they're, you know, there's a couple of games in the Big 12 that are tricky, Kansas State being among them. But can they go out there? Can they get to a 10-win spot? Yeah, I think they can get to a 9-10 win spot. You know, if, they, if someone has them in the top 15, I can, I can see that. And uh, I'll ask it for Nick. Is UCF the second best team in the state oh of Florida? Gosh. All right. Here's what I'm going to say about UCF. And <laughs> you know my buddy Charles Fishbein, and we yes. do our own we yes. do our own podcast. And we both looked at their schedule, you know, a while back, and we're like, oh, boy, this, this feels like this, this feels like like a five win season for these guys. It's just a lot of adjustments, but. I look at the magazines. The magazines are giving them sort of seven-win love. Uh, Bill Connolly, who runs the SP Plus for ESPN, I think he had them at seven and a half wins. Uh, so I'm looking at it like, can they? You know, for me, the key game is Boise State. Can they go into Big Twelve season three and zero? If they can do that, you know, can I can see a seven and five in there? It's going to be hard, but. I do like what Gus has done in the transfer portal. I think the depth issues they had that kind of crept up on him last year, he's solved. He, even at the quarterback spot, you can't trust Reese Plumlee to stay healthy all season. Timmy McLean is in there. We USF fans remember him. Yep. There's another quarterback in there. And they all got similar skill sets. They're all run pass guys. So I think, you know, they, he's got explo- they still have explosive players on the edge. I feel like they can get. I, I feel like seven and five is possible. You know, I feel like it's certainly. I don't. I wouldn't push them more than seven wins, seven regular season wins. But I think they can get to seven. It's just, can they physically hold up for a full year in the Big Twelve? Because the Big Twelve is an offensive league, and they punish defenses. They punish them up front. They punish them in the air. So. Do they have enough depth on their on their defensive line? Do they have enough depth in their secondary to hold up for nine straight games of that? Nine straight games of teams that are just coming at you, spread, no huddle, throw 50 times, 
trying that's to outscore lot. you. That's that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's not too far off of what I said. Six and six. Yeah, I had six and six, yeah. and I think that's it, six and six seems like eh, meh. But I think in your first, first year, year to pick twelve, I think you take that. Heck yeah! Especially with a new yeah, offensive but coordinator. Yeah, but the Boise State game, the bo- they got to go on the road and beat Boise State. They've got to start the season three and zero. They really do. They got to give themselves as much of a margin of error when they get in there because I think they open Kansas State, Baylor, and then maybe oh god, I'm not sure what the third game is on that. But Kansas State won the conference last year. Chris right. Playman is I think he's I think he's a top five coach in the, in, in college football. I really wow. do. I think wow. he's one of the best out there. And Baylor's, you know, Baylor's gonna be tough this year. You know, that's a that is a tough, big physical team to face. And these are things you gotta that's the main you wanna know the difference between the AAC and the Big Twelve is gonna be every week Size. you're facing big horses. Yeah. You don't yeah. get there there's no Tulsa in there that you can you know that you can have. There's no there's no one week where we get to play that poor poorly performing East Carolina team or something. Even the be- mm-hmm. even you know, Lance Leapole has Kansas at a sick you know, at a bowl team level now. They're all just big horse teams. They come in and you're just like, how do they have so many guys over six six that are walking through these doors, you know? They all look good off the bus. It's, it's big time college football, man. It's it's a step up, no question. All right, Corey, how can no they, how can folks get that wonderful uh, podcast with the with with the fish? You and the fish. Oh, it's uh, it's avail- it's uh, the fish cast. Uh, a play on his name, and yeah. it's uh, available. We have wide distribution on Apple Podcasts, where most people get them at Google anywhere else. So we've got some interviews coming up real soon with some coaches. They can look back on our old uh, library. They can see we've had interviews with Mike Norvell on there. Interviews with Greg Schiano. Interviews with you know tons of different coaches around the or, uh, Manny Diaz back when he's coaching at Miami. You know, coaches all around the country. So uh, do that. I'm on Twitter at Corey Long. I'm on Threads at Real Corey Long. So, you know, Threads, 20 million signups yesterday. We got to show them some love. Yeah. All right. Threads. We'll be around for long. Uh, all right, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. All right. Thanks, Corey. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks, buddy. All right, buddy. You take care. Right, Have a great uh, one. A quick break. When we come back on our college football theme show here today in the state of Florida, Luke Easterlink is going to join us. He sat down with Alex Gullish uh, for a three-part series for Athlon Sports, so we're going to dig into USF football. When we come back, we're brought to you by the great folks at Italiano Insurance, 813-877-7799. Charity saved me over $1,000 on my auto insurance this year. How about that? $1,000. That's real money. So call them. They will shop your auto insurance. Mine got jacked up like $500. I said, you know what? I'm going to go shop it. And Charity stayed on the phone till 930 at night with me. 930 at night to get it done by midnight. That's what they do. Great customer service over there at Italiano Insurance, 813-877-7799. They are there for you to save you tons of money. Back with Luke Easterling and USF Football after this. Stay with us. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual back. pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him Scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. 
Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back to our college football preview of the Sunshine State, brought to you by our sponsors, including Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. If you have a big event coming up or a small event, a charity event, a event where you need any audio-visual help, go to the pros, Extravaganza Productions. I work with them on many, many events. Uh, we did the PPL, uh, Pro Padel League. Uh, tournament uh, this year they did a fantastic job with that setting up a huge venue there the warrior games which was like an olympic style uh competition here uh, a couple of years ago all over tampa bay extravaganza productions put up all the audio visual at all those particular venues flawlessly they are the best in the business so if you have a small event charity event a birthday party anything like that where you need some help you can get a free creative consultation by just going there to the website, extravaganzaproductions.com, uh, contact them by email or by phone, and tell them JP sent you. They'll give you that free console, and you can find out what you can do for your event. That's Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, the best in the business. All right, let's welcome in our good friend Luke Easterling from Athlon Sports that just penned a three-part series on USF football and their new head coach, Alex Golish. What's up, Luke? How are you, my friend? Doing great, fellas. How are you? Good, good. Uh, what kind of what kind of feedback have you gotten from the thin-skinned USF fan base? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's. I mean that that I think gets to the uh, the the elephant in the room of this is is yeah. I, I'll fully disclose that I am a USF alum. I am born and raised in this area. My dad is a USF alum. My sister is a USF alum. So I'm not going to make any. Uh, attempt to hide my bias here i think it's important to uh expose them when we when we when we have situations like this i have every uh vested interest in watching this program succeed so i'm not going to pretend otherwise um but i I think the other side of that double-edged sword is you know i was in i stormed the field when they beat urban myers uh bowling green team for their first ranked uh win ever i was in the student section when they uh, beat West Virginia when they beat number nine Louisville, uh, beat the snot out of them. Uh, you know, I, I was there for those games. I was there to watch a program go from nothing, literally not nothing. existing, to t- a tiny little trailer out behind the baseball field to 80 to three at the Sombrero against Kentucky Wesley. And 10 years after not existing, you're number two in the nation. Yeah. And then 15 years after that, you can't beat an FBS team to save your life. So, you know, I do think. On the other side of that, it puts me in a unique position. You know, when I sat down with Coach Golis, that was the first thing I said. Like, hey, I was here for all this. I watched this team go from nothing to the second-ranked team in the nation, and now we can't beat anybody. What are you? Gonna, how are you going to fix that? So, you know, on one side, people will say, hey, he's, he's writing a puff piece about, you know, his school. And on the other side, I'll say, hey, listen, I, I'm going to hold this guy's feet to the fire. I'm going to say right. this, is, this is USF's fan base became – so quickly spoiled we did i mean straight up Uh, we went from not existing to winning a lot of football games in a very short amount of time and i don't think any other college football program in the history of the world has experienced quite the same small and short history that that usf football has so it's very unique and and i think it's going to make for a very unique existence right now because there are very high standards this team doesn't know a lot of losing they played 26 seasons of football and 15 of those have been winning seasons. So, you know, go, winning one FBS game in three years is, is not something that USF fans are used to. And, and obviously that was something I kind of kicked off my conversation with Coach about was how, how he was going to return them to that winning that fans are so used to. That's an interesting take. I mean, I didn't even thought about that. They've been so bad for, for an extended period of time now. You don't think about that, but they were consistently good under Jim Levitt. And I, you mentioned the fact that they were – the fan base got spoiled, and I think that's, frankly, part of what led to uh, Levitt being fired, to be quite honest. I think there were a lot of powerful boosters, uh, maybe not a lot, but a few, that had big mouths, and, and a weak athletic director was susceptible to this. Um, and and it just they, they thought that Jim had plateaued, and they were looking for a reason to get rid of him. Uh, it happened, and that's what, and you get what you get. Um, so that, that, that's just my personal opinion. 
But I still think that this team and this program, especially with a new stadium on the way, has a chance to do what UCF just did. And But it's it's got to start this year, and it's got to start with some winning. So give me Alex's, or at least from your perspective, what you heard him say, how's he going to win seven games this year, six, seven games this year? Well, I think it comes down to trying to navigate, and this is the, the third part of the series, which is actually going to have a fourth part. On next week, I'll have the last part of it where we dive into a little bit more nice. X's and O's on the offense and, and what he did at Tennessee and those sorts of things. But, you know, big, big picture, you know, he, he told me, listen, I, I had the same, you know, he coached at UCF with, with, jo- with Josh Heupel for a little bit. He, he's coached around enough and, and seen what has happened. You know, they, everybody in the country recruits this area, so you know you're, you're coming down to Florida to see players. And so he had the same questions that we all did over the last few years, which was how in the world can a team at the, at where, where USF is, is geographically located with some of the resources that they've been, you know, investing in, how in the hell can they be so bad? Like, I, I think he, he told me flat out, he, he, one of the first things he wanted to figure out was what, what went wrong in the processes over the last couple of regimes that led to this team being so bad. Because, again, it, it wasn't even that long ago where the Quentin Flowers era where they had back-to-back 10-win seasons under Charlie Strong. So, you know, uh, so it's, you know there's so many things that went wrong in recent history. His, his job, he feels like, is to, is to focus on processes first, to focus on rebuilding a culture that, that sets a, a different standard um, and, and one of the things I just talked about that, that, he, that he talked about in the last part I wrote was, was how you can look at all these things that are changing across college football. He admitted to me he's a college football purist, and, and we talked about a lot of that and how that has to do with the on-campus stadium. But on the flip side of that, he's like, listen, it, you, know, you, you adapt or die, and all of these things that are changing, you can sit around and you can bitch and moan about it and talk about, oh, it's doing this and this to college football, and it'll never be the same and all that. At the end of the day, nobody cares. You got to go coach football. You got to win football games, or, or nobody's gonna nobody's gonna cry for you because of all these changes and because everyone's having to deal with them. You know, he's 39 years old. He's my age almost, and and, and so he's one of the youngest coaches in the league. He's got. He told me he's got the energy to keep up with these changes, and he sees all of them as an advantage to this program, the transfer portal, and and how they've been able to to lure kids from this area to come back here after they go up north and say, hey. It's three degrees, and I'm friggin' miserable up here. I want to go home and play play uh, in the warm weather. There's so many reasons why he's trying to take advantage of those things, but it starts at the base. They've got to build a culture. They, he knows he's got to do it fast, but he thinks these these you know the NIL opportunities in this area, the the transfer portal, and being able to attract guys back to this program from this area. He sees that as a way to to reset the the talent and and the culture stuff will have to come a long way. Um, but I feel like there's nowhere to go but up, right? They can't get any worse, I don't think. Uh, and I think if you look at what his offense did, which, again, we're going to talk about next week in the final part of the series, and look at what he did with the number one offense in the country at Tennessee last year and, and the way they set people up for success and create matchups for their skill players. I think – I don't know how many games they're going to win this year, but I know they're going to be a fun team to watch, particularly on offense. Yeah, and I think the, the piece that was in the Times last week was pretty illuminating about some of those things of what had gone wrong over the past 15 years, even when USF was winning and UCF was not, but UCF was sort of adapting and continuing to evolve the campus around, you know, athletics and USF did not do that. And it seems at least reading through the piece and, and, you know, hearing Golish talk since he's been here that, like you said, he's evolving with it and he wants that really bad. And, you know, I, I go to the on-campus football stadium and I believe he had that in his contract that that had to happen if he was going to if he was going to be here so i mean did you get the the sense then that he's ready to embrace real change at this university to take it where it wants to be well absolutely and that's something he was clear about at the very beginning of our conversation he was only going to take this job if he had that kind of commitment in terms of the resources and the facilities from the administration you know from the boosters and and those sorts of things would give this program the resources you have to have really to compete at this level i mean it's 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 a it's a facilities race. It's a it's a you know, and that includes stadium, on campus, you know, indoor facilities and, and practice facilities and medical facilities and all those sorts of things. And and clearly the investment is there from the administration, which gave him the confidence he needed uh, to kind of take this program where he wants it to go. So I, I again and and I and I have to say I know USF fans keep bagging on my boys over at the Times, but you know it, there's not a lot there's not a lot of good to talk about right now. You know there hasn't been much. This program has not given. 
anybody who writes about college football in this area much to get excited about. So that you know, if, you, if you're if you're upset about the negative, any negative press or or, or anything like that, you got to win football games at the end of the day, and and that's really what you're judged on. And when you win one FBS game in three years, no nobody's going to write very many, very many good things about you. So um, that that's what's going to dictate this. There, all of these things are lining up on paper to look very advantageous for the bulls moving forward. This next era has a great opportunity. And, and, and that's really why I reached out and, and wanted to have this conversation with coach Golish was because there's a lot of reasons for USF fans to be excited. I wanted to hear it from him. I wanted to hear why he thinks. And, and honestly, I was really refreshed in the conversation we had. It was a very frank conversation, uh, very comfortable, not a lot of, not a lot of company lines. Um, it, it felt a lot less like a press conference and a lot more like a guy who understands um, the the size of the mountain uh, before him. He, he has an appreciation for the history of this program, um, but he is definitely focused on maximizing these changes that are happening in the sport, maximizing the resources and, and the location and all of the things that he feels like USF has in his favor. And I have to agree. Um, there's a lot of reasons why this team can turn it around quickly. Part of that is because of a lot of these changes and where USF can position itself uh, as these things change. But at the end of the day, he was very adamant about this. You can talk about NIL. You can talk about the transfer portal. You can talk about, you know, conference realignment and all these big pictures, you know, foundational things about the sport at a macro level. At the end of the day, it's his job to coach winning football. It's his job to develop these young, you know, these young people, develop them into football players and into people uh, after they've gone. He's adamant about that as well, about building a culture that helps people not just get degrees, but prepare them for careers. Uh, that's what it's going to come down to is developing this team into being a winning football team. And, and the wins and losses are going to dictate whether or not this is a success uh, to a large degree. So they've got all the opportunity ahead of them. They've got a lot of reasons why it can happen, but on the field is where it's going to be settled. And I know you said the next part is going to be focusing more on the, the X's and O's and stuff we're going to be see on the field. But you personally, when you look up and down the roster and, and some of the guys who are left over, I mean, there's a lot of turnover. I mean, you can't sugarcoat the loss of a Brian Batie and a, and a Jimmy Horn and yeah. Xavier Weaver. That's a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. But of what's there right now, what they've brought in, how comfortable you that they have a roster that's capable of going out in this new look conference and winning games. I mean, first and foremost, the quarterback position, I think everybody's zeroed in on that. I saw Byron Brown last year play against UCF, came away super impressed, and I thought he was pretty good down the line there in those two or three games. So what do you think about the roster this season, how it's constructed? Yeah, I think obviously there's a lot more question marks than you'd like to have, and, and I think that's just going to be the case for a lot of teams in that you know group of five range as you see so much roster turnover um, in both positive and negative. There's going to be attrition, like you said, with Brian Batie and some of those, those Jimmy Horn and some of those big name guys that went elsewhere. But you're also going to be able to absorb those guys who maybe didn't get the opportunity that they they wanted at another program, and especially if they're from this area, they've come back here. They they've done a really good job of of absorbing a lot of those guys, three and four star guys that you know just a year or two ago uh, were going to Power Five programs, and now they're going to come back home and play for this team. So. That creates a lot of question marks, though, because a lot of those positions that are going to be up for grabs are going to be guys that, that haven't been in this program. We haven't necessarily seen them on the field where they played before. So that's going to be, again, at so many different positions, a big question mark. We know there's talent. We know on paper, again, there's opportunity because you see what these guys are capable of in theory, but it's going to have to come down. And that's kind of why I talk about the scheme in this next part is because I think the scheme is going to be key to unlocking a lot of that talent. You go see what he did against Tennessee. Yes, he had SEC talent, but he was also facing SEC talent every week in terms of creating matchups against some of the best defensive coordinators. Go look at what that offense did last year against Nick Saban's defense in Alabama uh, and tell me that that can't be successful against uh, you know defenses uh, in the American Athletic Conference. I'm really excited to see that. When you talk about the quarterback position, obviously Byron Brown showed flashes of some really exciting potential at times. Obviously, the UCF game was a huge uh, step in that direction. But Alex Golis is really excited about Jerry Bohannon. Uh, you know, he, he, is, he is really sees him as a, a guy that he's excited to see. Um, you know, obviously you want him to be at full strength and, and at full health, but he's a big, athletic, physical guy with a big arm, uh, a smart guy, and a, 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 a leader in that locker room. Um, he's a guy that, that specifically um, Alex really said that, that he's a guy he's excited to see. And, again, at that position, it's so important not just to have the – the physical traits to be successful, uh, but the experience and the leadership. And, and again, a highly recruited guy coming from the Baylor program, 
He's faced top competition before. If he's healthy, um, that's going to be an interesting competition to see how that plays out at the most important position. Hey, Luke, last thing uh, for me, um, and from the macro perspective, and I know all the, the USF fans are bitching and moaning about the coverage that the Times has given them vis-a-vis the new stadium, and I, I think they have a, a gripe, uh, at least for my – you got to do this, the story. I get that. Uh, but I don't think they gave very balanced coverage to it because there's another side of it that you've seen at Florida State especially and other programs that uh, and, and schools that have emerged because of their athletic programs. I mean, FSU was is kind of an afterthought academically back in the 70s and 80s, and when Bobby Bowden came along, he brought success and millions and millions and millions of dollars uh, to, to the not only the football program but the entire school. And now it's one of the best academic institutions 25 years later um, and athletic programs. And for some reason, the academics at USF don't seem to get it. And they just bitch and moan about the cost of this stadium. And I think from your perspective and anybody who's worked and see how college football works and how uh, every universities work around them, that's the key. You may not, you know, we can have a discussion of whether that should be the thing. The athletic program should be running universities, but that's the way it is. And I think this new administration with Rhea Law and the people that have put together this new stadium, uh, Will Weatherford and others, I, I think this is the, the missing piece and has been for a long time, that, that they have to treat athletics this way and get on board. And they finally have, and now you have an administration or some people in, within academia that are pushing back, and the Times is highlighting that part of it, but not the positive parts of what hopes to be done. Is that? Do you think I've, I've, I've kind of encapsulated that correctly? No, yeah, I completely understand that. And for me, it's not even about, you know, highlighting one side or the other. Let's talk about reality. We live in reality. The right, reality exactly. is, and again, this is why I, I devoted the second part of this entire series to just the stadium and, and the conversation that, that Coach Golish and I had about the stadium, its importance. And it, 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 is a, it is a very important thing for the entire school and, and particularly for the students because he and I talked about and again, he said he's a college football purist, right? Saturday mornings are about getting up and doing things on Saturday mornings that students do to prepare for a game at your school. What does that mean? Walking to the game on your campus. It doesn't mean having to go 14 miles, 30 minutes in traffic down to someone else's stadium to play your home games. I played one year of NAIA football at a tiny little school in Kentucky. We played our home games in Ohio. We had to drive to a high school field that was better than ours in Ohio to play our home games. You want to talk about a home field advantage, that is not it. And so, you know, at Raymond James Stadium, obviously, it's a very different experience. And you can have the the other side of that, which is, hey, this is an allure. You get to come play in an NFL stadium. You get to see these cool things. That, That only goes so far in terms of the pageantry of this sport. So Alex Golish in that part of the series was adamant, listen, You've got to have it on your campus. You've got to, it's about the students. It's about student life. It's about he, – he spoke about a part of it that I didn't even think about. He said he talked to boosters and, and alumni who have been in this area their whole lives. They live in South Tampa, and they go to the games. They haven't been on campus in 10 or 15 years. Why would they? There's no game to – there's no football game to go to, to 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 bring them back to the campus. And so – there's so many different reasons why, whether you think it's a, you know, a negative and what are we going to pay for it and all this stuff, or whether you think it's ne- you know, only want to focus on the rose-colored glasses, the reality is if you want to be a big-time college football program, you cannot be playing your home football games in somebody else's house, plain and simple. And so you've got to, you can't be playing in a, a place with you know, pink seats instead of red by the time the sun gets to them halfway through the season. Uh, you know, you've got to have green stuff. You've got to have green seats. You've got to yes. have – you know, bull stuff that can't be taken down after the game and banners and stuff like, and again, I'm speaking to this admittedly biased. I went to those games. I went to that school. I was, I have been wanting a, a, an on-campus stadium as a fan, as an alumni of this institution for years and years and years, because that is part of the experience. Think about it. Just the travel, the safety of your students being able to just walk to and from the game, as opposed to having to find transportation that far away from the school there's so many different reasons why this is a good thing for the athletic program. It's a good thing for the school. And, and I love to see the investment. Again, I, 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 I'm very invested in this program. I won't pretend that I'm not. Uh, and a lot of us have been calling for this for a, a long, long time. And I think it's a very positive thing for the future of the program and the future of the school. 
Well said, my friend. Well said. Uh, Luke, tell everybody where they can get your content and this uh, four-part series uh, with Alex Galesh. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at Luke Easterling, pretty simple, at Athlon Sports for all our uh, our big picture stuff on Athlon. Uh, and head over to the website, athlonsports.com. I know everybody knows us for the magazines that come out every year, which are both out, by the way, the Ooh. pro football preview, the college football preview. I've got a couple of features in, in each of those magazines if you want to check those out. Uh, I wrote the Tampa Bay Buccaneers section for the NFL one as well. Nice. Um, but come over to the website because the, the website, we're really uh, doing a lot of expansion. We're doing a lot of different things that, you know, all the quality that you guys are used to with the, the print magazines, which obviously keep buying those. But come to the website because we're really branching out. We're really expanding our coverage. Uh, we've got some great NBA stuff on there if you're a basketball fan. Um, but college football in the NFL are really obviously going to ramp up for us over the next couple of months. Uh, and we're really doing a lot of cool stuff uh, at AthlonSports.com that will match the quality that everybody's been used to in the magazines for so long. Yeah, it's great stuff. You guys do a fantastic job. More accurate uh, with the top 25 than any other um, any other publication out there, no doubt about it. All right, Luke, great stuff, my man. Look forward to chatting with you as the season goes through. We're almost here, partner. It's almost here. <laughs> Cannot wait. Hey, we made it. We're so close, right? We've exactly. almost made it. Hey, th- thank you guys so much. Always a, always a blast. Enjoy the rest of your week. Yeah, good stuff. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get into a little bit more UCF. I know my two Knicks here want to uh, talk a little bit more about UCF. We'll uh, mention some of the other programs as well as we wrap up our college football in the Sunshine State theme here on this show. We'll be back. I want to also tell you about American Mortgage Services. Great folks over there. Scott Fitzgerald will get you right. Uh, the rates are going all over the place, but he will give you the lowest rates and the lowest fees. That's American Mortgage Services. Uh, you can get him, Scott, at amstampa.com. Email him, Scott, at amstampa.com. Back in three. Law Group, have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call, 727-894-2929, 727-894-2929, or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. 
Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan stream sports. All right, welcome back to our college football preview here in the Sunshine States. Our theme for today's broadcast. Hope you guys are having a great summer, and we are just weeks away from summer camps opening up for all these colleges. FSU will start week zero against LSU. Is, is, is Labor Day weekend considered week zero now or is like week one? I think, I think it's like week one. zero, right? I don't know. Yeah. Either way, but, it's but either, hell of an opener. Either way, in Orlando, in your Camping backyard. World, crap, crap stadium. They should play it at the bounce house, shouldn't they? Nah, you need, you need a little <laughs> bit. That's even worse. <laughs> even worse. But they have six bathrooms at the bounce house. It's awful. It's awful. That new USF stadium is going to have lots, it does lots its, of modern amenities. It does its job, JP. It, it, it does did its, its job. job. You got them in the Big 12, absolutely. And, uh, and they, one, of, one of my favorite football games I've ever seen was that the fact that's the only time I've been to the bounce house. Bounce house was the 2018 USF. Really? That's the only time you've been? Yeah, yeah. It's the only time I've been there. Yeah, for you. You gotta make it out to one game this year because they got some. We got some night games this year finally. Yeah, I'll go. To we're gonna one of be those. on. So we're gonna be on yeah. some better stations, some better primetime slots, and mm-hmm. better competition. You don't have to go see us play Tulsa. I'll go see the Baylor game. They've already sold out like their allotment of season tickets, and really? like most of the uh, games are already sold out. It's just like a record for this early. You wonder if that'll happen at uh, USF when they open that new stadium. Well, what's the? What are they looking for? Thirty-five thousand seater. Thirty-five. Yeah. Thirty-three. Thirty-five should should be. Absolutely, um, yeah, and uh, the guys that just signed now will will play in that stadium. Yeah, Martin Gramatica's son. I was going to point just, that out. Uh, committed, so yeah, he's like a, a five star kicker, right? Yeah, he's the best, one of the top ten in the in the nation. They pump out kickers, don't they? They do. Who was the kid last year that he transferred out? Um, His name is escaping me. Yeah, yeah, they've had some good kickers. No what question was his about name, it. man? The kid from Newsom. Yeah. Wow, I'm so mad. I can't remember his name, but yeah, you're you get the point. You get the point. Yes. Uh, our thanks to uh, the great folks at the Golden Diamond Source Jeeves Law Group as well. Uh, we're going to talk about the Gators, uh, Scott Jeeves' favorite team. So we'll talk about them, get that personal attention at the Jeeves Law Group. Bay Area Modern Medical Center, if you're looking to do testosterone replacement therapy or losing weight, they've got some great weight loss programs over there. Do it safely under a doctor's care at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, having great success with their true body system as well so check out the website and all the great stuff there taliano insurance saved me a thousand bucks on my uh auto insurance this year thank you very much just had them do that for me charity was awesome she helped me out stay till 9 30 at night to do that the golden diamond source uh just had a great july 4th sale and always the place summer is a great time to get uh to get wed go get that ring go get that best ring grip best uh the best customer service you will find in any jewelry store at the Golden Diamond Source. And, of course, they do so much in the community. Only place to get that ring. Extravaganza Productions, we told you all about them. Uh, any event you got coming up, they will produce it for you flawlessly. Go to Extravaganza Productions Incorporated or EPI. Go to extravaganzaproductions.com and get all the information there and American Mortgage Services. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit. about. I'm going to let you guys have the floor, my two Nicks here. On UCF, you said earlier six, seven wins is the high water mark. Um, well, well, we'll take in a game together, all three of us at the bounce house this year. I'll look forward to that. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think it starts with, I mean, John Rice Plumley returning for his his last season here at UCF, and he's a bit of a, uh, you know, I think some UCF fans are maybe split on the production you got from him last year, but there's no doubt he's an explosive player. I can confirm that. Yeah, I, I tell you what, the, the running back, R.J. Harvey, if you're not familiar with him, I think he's going to be one of the better running backs in the country this season. Definitely a shoe in for over 1,000 yards. Javon Baker, the Alabama transfer at wideout, is a very explosive player, and I think they're going to fit in. I don't think UCF's going to have problems scoring in the Big 12. It's can they – play enough defense is typically how UCF program kind of operates. Can they play enough defense? Um, and I think they're going to be much more improved this year. The, the numbers will tell you they were better last year, but they tailed off at the end of the season. But I think 6-6 six and six is kind of where I'm sitting at at the moment, and I, I, I would assume intern Nick probably agrees with that. Yeah, this season for me is kind of just like uh, if we make a bowl game, I will be happy. It's kind of more just like let's just sit back and enjoy the fact that we're here, you know? We can build off stuff in the future, but like, let's just sit back and enjoy the fact that we're here. I don't like. I don't know. Like, they have talent, but they also have 
a lot of injuries. To me, they're just like the team I just I don't know. Like if they could get like nine wins, I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm also not going to go into the season expecting it. I'm just kind of going in of like I'm going to enjoy this. If they make a bowl game, I'll be happy. All right. Well, listen. Stepping up in competition like this, I don't think anybody knows what the uh, what the attrition is going to be like. You know, I think that's the big thing that people don't look at. It's the week in and week out. That's what makes the SEC so brutally hard. Is it's you know it's not just the fact that you have got to play some of the best team, but even when you're playing, you know, Old Miss or uh, I won't go Vanderbilt, but uh, Mississippi State or the teams like they they're big hosses. They're SEC teams. They will beat you up, and week after week you got to bounce back and test your depth which is something that some of the smaller schools don't really have. So that's what's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a very interesting year for Gus. Now, of course, you know, Gus Malzahn's coached in the SEC. He's had great success there. He knows what it's about, and he, he knows what he's about to get into. So um, that, that's a plus. Having a guy that's been through the rigors who knows how to manage a team, I think, is, is a plus for that. But uh, it's going to be interesting. And we haven't talked a lot about Miami. Um, and I, I, Chris the ball in year two is – as Corey Long mentioned, his offensive line was just awful last year, and it really, really hurt them offensively. Um, I think year two is going to be very different from them. They're gonna, I think they're going to play a lot of young players, so I don't necessarily think it's going to be you know, a 10-win season, but I think Miami can get to 7-8. to eight. They've got talent, and, they're, and you know, if you're a Miami fan, this isn't the year to get really excited about, even though they do every year and they win the offseason, whatever. Um, I think it's two years from now and then three years from now where they're going to start stacking recruiting classes and um, and we'll see. Now, the Florida Gators with Billy Napier in year two. Uh, Anthony Richardson is gone. Uh, Graham Mertz is the Wisconsin transfer is in. Um, he will battle um, what's the other kid's name? Jack Miller for that starting spot. I think most people believe you know it's kind of a Baker Mayfield thing. Graham Mertz, is, it's his job to lose. Um uh, Miller obviously played in the uh, Las Vegas Bowl, but with about a half of the roster. So I don't think you can really get, uh, you know, a great uh, evaluation uh, if you're looking just at that. Um, Mertz hit 59% of his throws at Wisconsin, had 26 picks over the last three years. Uh, Ricky Pearsall is back at wide receiver. Um, but after that, it's a lot of young, talented kids. I, I think for for if you're a Gator fan with this schedule, if you get to five wins, you got to be happy. Yeah, but is I think, that fair? Yeah, we had this discussion probably about a month ago about you know preaching patience with with Billy Napier right now because of what he walked into and the recruiting has been just so phenomenal for Florida right now. Yeah. It really has. They're number been. two in the nation. Number two in the nation yeah. currently, I believe, for for this current cycle. So you got to have patience, I think, with Billy Napier. I know as fans and especially at Florida where. It's very pressurized situation, and it's yep. been 15 years since they've been they've won an SEC title game. I get it. I tell you what, it has me encouraged is the running game, and I think if Florida's going to get anywhere this year, they have got to become a a true kind of powerhouse running team. And if you kind of pay attention to what they've done this off season, and I'll mention it here just a little bit, I think they're going towards that. They brought in three transfers on their offensive line, and one of them from Baylor, uh, Micah Mazuka, and then two. 350-plus-pound tackles, Kenyatta Goodwin from Kentucky, and Damian George Jr. from Alabama. Yeah. So their tackles are going to be flanked by huge guys, some kind of road warrior kind of type guys there in the line. And remember, Trevor, Trevor Etienne, I think, is primed to be a special, special player, just like his brother is now in the NFL, Travis. Yeah. And Montreal Johnson, I think that's as good as a one-two punch you're going to find yeah. in the SEC. Uh, you mentioned Pearsall. I think after that, it's a little thin there, especially Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah, hit the, the running game's going to have to carry them. But the running game's going to have to carry them because if Graham Mertz is the guy, I, mean, I know some guys can revitalize their careers elsewhere, but at Wisconsin, I know that's not typically a place you expect great quarterback play. I personally saw enough there to tell me that Graham Mertz is not the guy, and I almost feel like he might – I don't know if he was probably their 1A option in the portal. I think they had to get somebody, and they might have settled on Graham. But I think, again, like I said, if they're going to get anywhere, they've got to run the football. Defensively, um, they get a, a Memphis transfer, Cam Jackson, who's 6'6", 355 up front. And they've got uh, our man 6'5". Now he's down to 449, uh, Desmond Watson, as the nose tackle for, uh, for Florida. 
He, what is, he was almost 500 pounds, I think. You want more fun guys to watch every week. 355 and 449. I don't care like how athletic they need. They don't need to be very athletic. You better be running outside because the middle is, is nowhere to go. for uh, for uh, that's, that's, that's a couple of hosses inside there. Um, they, they lose uh, Ventura Miller and Amari Bernie uh, at linebacker. Um, uh, Taraja Mitchell from Ohio State uh, comes in. Shamir James uh, will also be there. So defensively, I think they've got some some work to do. But, you know, listen, Napier's got some talent there to work with. They brought in some good transfers recently, and, um, you know, we'll see. I I think best-case scenario, I think it's a 7-5 football team, and I think you would, if you're a Florida fan, you would be over the moon with that in year two, given the circumstances. I think 7-5. Yeah, I think um, that's probably as best you can hope for. And then when you look uh, nationally, um, my friend uh, race, race fan Geo chimed in for his final four. Um, he said uh, LSU, Ohio State, um, if I'm getting this correctly, da, 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 FSU, Ohio State, uh, I, I told him uh, Bama and USC. He's got LSU. I say FSU. LSU, Bama, Ohio State, USC. Eh, your usual suspects. You had Georgia out of there, huh? Yeah, no Georgia. Something tells me, like, people are doing this again, where I see all these rankings, and a lot of people aren't putting Georgia at one. Mm. They, they view Ohio State and Alabama as better, but, mm. man, I, I don't care what the quarterback situation there is. The Carson Beck, if he's the guy, somehow Georgia's going to find a way. Yeah. They're just, they're just the they're most talented loaded. team by, yeah, they're by all accounts. They're still absolutely loaded. Um, yeah, I, I I think you'll you'll see the usual suspects, but I think this year, you know, as in a couple, the last couple of years with NIL, and people thought you know the rich would just get richer in the NIL. Uh, the rich will always be rich the old the old way. But I think you're seeing some with NIL. Florida State's a perfect example of that. They're going to be better because they've been better in NIL and the players that they retain. So they're going to jump into the mix. And I still think you're you're going to see other teams starting to pile up um, more talent and less. I think it's going to water down some of the big talent at other schools. Um, but not to the effect. I, I just can't wait for the 12-team playoff. When the 12-team playoff gets here, I think it's going to be so much fun. Um, and, and I do think there's going to be some teams that break through. It's going to be higher. You know, we, we've seen these great Ohio State teams go into uh, the playoffs as, as favorites and fall flat on their face. I mean, yeah. uh, we, we've seen some of these big-name teams just not deliver. I think Michigan's better than Ohio State. I think they are. I, I mean, I, I, what, that's what I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Where did we just jump to this assumption that Ohio State is better yeah. than Michigan? Yeah. I've watched those two teams play now two years in a row, and I've come to the assumption that Michigan Speaking is better. Speaking falling flat on their face in the playoff. A little bit. Yeah. No, so, is nobody uh, rolling back with TCU, I'm assuming? Uh, <laughs> but I think you'll see more Pumping TCU. the brakes. I think you'll see more TCUs pop up. You know? I feel like a lot of people are high in Washington yeah. this year. Michael Penix getting a lot of play in the Heisman and, and NFL, NFL draft. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've seen that as well. Yeah, people talking about Penix. Uh, I, I, I like it. I like it for that, and uh, I think it's going to be an incredibly interesting season. You know, we, we didn't talk about is FAU and Tom Herman. I, right. I don't know what their talent level is like. I just know he's going to – I think he's going to make some noise there. I, I think he's a re- I think he's a really really good coach, I do and too. he got things rolling with Houston Especially in that in a conference. Spot like that. Yeah. I think it's a perfect spot. Lane Kiffin had all that success there. I see. There's no reason why Tom Herman can't. Yeah, yeah. So, I think it's going to be a super fun season. Get your tickets, by the way, for USF Alabama. It's going to be a, a you know, Oof. it's going to get ugly. I would think it but might, but it, you know, it, it's a big time college football game. It's going to happen right in your own backyard for a USF fan. Just go out and support your team. You know you're going to get your ass kicked. That's fine. Just go out and support your team and start, you know, start. And this is what I'd say to USF fans who are already, um, I'm already getting messages. Support your team, you know, and get other people to support your team. And even though it's going to be tough at times, um, you've got to bring that atmosphere and get that atmosphere of Raymond James for the next three years. Build it until you get to your stadium. Don't wait till you get to the stadium. Don't wait that long. You got to get there and support your team. Create an atmosphere so Alex Golish can go out and recruit at least some young local kids. Keep the local kids here, but they need to go to Raymond James Stadium and see an atmosphere, yeah. not a mostly well, empty I, stadium. I think he's done well communicating his philosophies to the fan base, yeah. as well as any coach that's come through there in the last whatever years. Mm-hmm. I think the fan base believes in Alex Golish. Yeah, I do. I mean, I know it's little things, but like again, I'm just I'm viewing it as a UCF's perspective, where you know they have a 
vicious Twitter mob that's all over the place yeah. and very active. I feel like the USF fan base has started to punch back a little bit, and I've seen them more present on Twitter, I feel, lately. I know it's, in the grand scheme of things, how much does that matter, but, you know. It's a start. It's a start. I yeah. feel like there's more energy, I think, going into the season, but you got to win football games. No question about it. All right, hope you guys have enjoyed our theme show here today, College Football in the Sunshine State. Uh, we will be back with another one tomorrow, so check that out. And um, we'll be back with some live shows as well next week. Can the Rays get a win tonight? Can we salvage anything out of this? Let's Please. Hope so. Let's, Let's get it done. Let's get it done. So. Get her done. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow.